So I don't know what you did in your, during your spring break. I'm pretty certain none of you did the same thing that I did. I spent most of this past week on the grounds of a monastery in Alabama, the Shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament. And I was there with some friends of mine, a young couple and their newborn son, so that I could give them a sort of brief retreat on family life. And so when I was preparing for this retreat, it gave me a good chance to really consider the Christian family and its intricate connection to the church. And then to see that blossom before my eyes in the love of this young couple and their son, it helped me cement in my mind the virtues of Christian parenthood and all its beauty. And then when the retreat was finished, I went down to New Orleans and I spent some days uh, with friends of mine there to celebrate my birthday and another friend's birthday. And on the Saturday, I went to go see the new Medea movie in the theaters. Maybe some of you have seen it. Generally speaking, I usually enjoy Tyler Perry's films because they're pretty funny and they have a good message. But I have to take exception with this film. Rather than upholding the fidelity and the strength of the Christian family, this movie exalts the individual and the individual's happiness. The ultimate message of the film is that whenever someone offends another person, the best response is, you do you, and me, I'll do me. Or do whatever is going to make you happy. If anyone stands in your way, cut them off. You see, Tyler Perry is going to try to spin an answer for the crisis that we see in the family today. There's so many absent fathers, so many parents who are unfaithful to one another, divorce, etc., etc., etc. And Perry's answer in the film is that no one needs to have this kind of negativity in their life. So you should just walk away and do what makes you happy. But I couldn't help to juxtapose these two scenes in my head. The you-only-live-once culture, given in Perry's movie, and the Christian family that I saw on the retreat. They're not the same thing. And the feast that we celebrate today of our great patron, St. Joseph, is proof of that. St. Matthew tells us in the Gospel today that Joseph was a righteous man. But what makes Joseph righteous? Well, there's a host of things, so much that it would take us too long to really consider them all. But I'm going to try to summarize Joseph's righteousness into three different points, and at the same time to respond to the vision of the family that our world gives us, particularly with regards to fatherhood. Joseph is a righteous man because he has three qualities. He's obedient, he's persevering, and he's faithful. All the stories we have about Joseph in the gospel, and there's not many, demonstrate Joseph's obedience to God. Gabriel appears to Joseph and commands him to take Mary into his home and to care for her child as his own. And so Joseph does just this. Gabriel tells Joseph to flee with Mary and Jesus into Egypt, to leave behind all his family and his friends and his work in Nazareth. And so Joseph does that. Gabriel appears later and tells him to return to Nazareth and to raise Jesus as his son. And so Joseph does that. We never see Joseph questioning his role in the gospel. He hears the command of God, and he acts. The Christian father is no different. Fathers have such an impact on their families. A recent study in the Baptist church showed that in the family, if a father does not regularly go to church, then even if the mother goes, only one 
in 50 children will find themselves becoming regular churchgoers as adults. One in 50. That's an astounding statistic. And that's probably reflected even in a number of you today, here. But the same study shows that if a father attends church regularly, even if the mother does not, between two-thirds and three-quarters of children will likewise become regular churchgoers as adults. Another study showed that if a child is the first member of the household to propose that they should go to Mass on Sunday, then there's a 3.5% chance that the rest of the family will go as well. 3.5. If the mother encourages the family to go to church, there's a 17% chance the family will go. But if the father proposes, there is a 97% chance, 97% that the family will follow suit. There is a power to fatherhood, a power that's vastly lacking in Christian families today. Obedience to the law of God on the part of the father works marvels for the formation of Christian families. Secondly, Joseph is persevering. Perseverance is generally a respected masculine quality. We cheer on the persevering athlete, even more the persevering team. Perseverance is a type of interior strength. No amount of physical ability can make someone persevering. Perseverance means to be so fundamentally committed to some good that no amount of temptation to quit will ever overpower. Society used to exalt the hardworking man. We don't really do that anymore. Instead, we exalt those who seem to come upon success without much effort. We praise someone's genetic predisposition to do something, their looks or their musculature their particular talents. That's why when the Olympics are over, no one ever waits around to watch the Paralympics. The modern world has no concern for perseverance. But Christianity demands perseverance, particularly in regard to building virtue. Growing in virtue is like building muscle. You have to keep at it in order to progress. And once you hit a plateau, you have to increase your effort or you will no longer gain. Particularly in families today, we need the witness of persevering fathers, fathers who are so radically committed to, bringing, to being good men that they breed a culture of perseverance in their families. And this means for the Christian families that fathers have an obligation to see to the spiritual and the virtuous growth of their family. But how many fathers today really know anything about the faith or about Scripture or are actively attempting to build a relationship with the Lord themselves. And I know that many of you don't have this sort of family, sort of example in your family, either because your father isn't really a spiritual head of your house, or maybe because your father is just absent. But my encouragement, particularly to the men in the room today, is to commit to becoming a person of perseverance. Stop giving up on things because they're difficult. We do it because it's difficult because there is no success without difficulty. And finally, Joseph is a man of faith. And there are two sorts of faith here. Firstly, he's faithful to God, and that's evident. We've already sort of covered this in the past two points. But Joseph is also faithful to Mary. We refer to Joseph as the most chaste spouse of Mary. It isn't his own good, but hers, which he values. Her good is his good. And that was my most major issue with the new Medea movie. 
There's a line in the film where one of the characters is speaking about marriage. And she says, marriage is a contract. You break the contract, you break the marriage. So what is the contract of marriage? Total, lifelong, fidelity, through any obstacle, for better or for worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, even if a spouse fails seriously and is himself unfaithful, what is the term of marriage? Total, lifelong fidelity, faithfulness. Marriage is not about good feelings or fun times or anything like that. The foundation of marriage is lifelong fidelity. And that is one aspect of marriage, or rather the one aspect of marriage, that society today has completely given up on. But if we've given up on faithful marriages, it's because we have found it difficult. And so, like perseverance, we leave it untried. Joseph's marriage was nothing like he expected it to be, but he was faithful, and for that he is righteous. St. Joseph is a great patron not only for our school, but for Christians as a whole. That's why we also call him the patron of the universal church. Joseph was just a normal guy. He didn't benefit like Mary did by an immaculate conception. He had the same tendencies towards sin like all of us. But he was so fundamentally committed to being righteous that he took himself seriously. And that's what it all comes down to. People love to give the church flack, saying that we have all sorts of laws and we make holiness unreachable, that we set such a high standard. But is it really that we're setting a high standard or that people are just not willing to reach it? A lazy Christianity is no Christianity. St. Joseph is the promise to all of us that we can be holy. We can truly live the Christian life. We just have to try.